Well, I have good news and bad news. The good news is it's not freezing outside as far as wet freeze where it's going to be hazardous to get home. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is the sermon this morning is longer than seven minutes. Many of you didn't think I could preach that short of a sermon. Some of you still don't believe it, but the, the uh, record and the evidence is online. So if you want to uh, go to our website, westerwin.com, and click on the Connect tab up at the top, find the live streaming link, and go down and see video archives. That will be uh, last week's service and Bill's less than seven-minute sermon. So there you go. If the outline next Sunday looks very much like an outline you've seen in a recent bulletin, just go right along. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Happens every year. Friday, there was a march in Washington, D.C., which is also happens every year and has since 1973 when Roe v. Wade was passed and became law in the United States. Since that time, there have been marches every year. There's been a lot of, of uh, uh, articles and speeches and different things like that work being done until in 2022, the Dobbs case overturned Roe, but sent it back to the states, basically saying as far as abortion and abortion access is concerned, uh, it will no longer be the law of the land that abortion must be legal everywhere for any reason at any time during the pregnancy, which is what Roe uh, allowed. But rather, it will go to the states, and the states will have the opportunity to decide uh, where they stand themselves. A lot of states, including Texas, had laws ready to go in the event that Roe was overturned so that that would immediately change. And we're grateful and we're thankful for that. Some states, however, are allowing the same access. Uh, some businesses in states like Texas are paying for their employees to be able to go to a state that does have abortion access. And so there is still a lot of work uh, to be done when it comes to pro-life issues and the sanctity of human life. Over 63 million abortions have occurred in this country since 1973. 63 million. Can you imagine how our country would be helped today if those lives had been spared and were given the chance to uh, thrive and contribute? Um, one of the things that we fought, that we fight, and that we talked about briefly in our uh, adult Bible class this morning where I was, is the misinformation that's out there. There's a lot of confusion. And now with this being an election year, as our shepherd Grant mentioned, uh, it's going to get a hundred times worse. And so as you, as you listen to the news, as you watch the news, as you read the news articles, as you go to the media, to the social media, be sure you read or watch or listen uh, with your eyes open. <laughs> be sure you don't check your brain at the door because not everything that you see and hear necessarily is going to be accurate. One of the things that's not accurate are the things that were said about, for example, the Texas law. It was said that if this Texas law passes the heartbeat bill, which says you can't get an abortion after the heartbeat is clear or some other aspects of the law, what those who were uh, against that law were saying is if this law passes, then if a woman gets an abortion, she can be tried and prosecuted and go to prison. That is absolutely not true. It is not true. 
The woman in no case can be charged. However, the doctor who, or the medical professional who performs the abortion, they can be charged with breaking the law. And we feel like that is a good thing. Um, though there is still a majority of Americans who oppose abortion being against the law in all circumstances, that's different than saying the majority of Americans support abortion. Those are not the same. And again, that's a part of that misinformation. That's a part of that, uh, that crowd that wants to say all Americans favor abortion to be legalized. And it all depends on how in a poll, for example, the statement or the question is framed. Uh, and, and so there is that misinformation out there that says the majority of Americans are in favor of abortion. That is just not true. In all circumstances, in all areas, that is just not true. In fact, one recent poll says only 21% of Americans believe that abortion should be legal and accessible at all times during the pregnancy for any, any reason. Only 21%. So almost 80% of our country say abortion should have some legal limits. Abortion should be restricted in certain cases. And so I think it's important for us to be reminded that even though the media may tell us differently, the majority of Americans don't believe that it's okay to have an abortion at any time during the pregnancy for any reason. Most Americans realize that that is not right. Um, and so when you look at all of those who are uh, against abortion, who are seeking pro-life and the sanctity of life, to become the norm in our country again, then you realize that a lot of that group is the younger crowd. A lot of that is our young adults, our teenagers, our young, uh, our, our adults in their 20s and 30s. Why? Because they grew up with technology. They know. They have seen the sonograms. They have seen their parents and their grandparents' pictures of the babies and the videos of the babies, and they've heard the heartbeat. Because they grew up with that. And so it's hard for them to be convinced that that is not a human life. And again, that is a very encouraging sign. That's not to say that, that we don't live in a difficult time regarding life and its sacredness. That is to say, though, that the, the message that is out there is not all doom and gloom. And it's good to be aware of that and to help others become aware of that. Um, you have several scriptures listed on your outline there, including Psalm 139, which is that wonderful passage where the psalmist says, You knit me together in my mother's womb. We go back to Genesis 1, we're created in the image of God. The psalmist again in Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made some great christian songs about that and it's a reminder to us that all life is sacred when isaac and rebecca were expecting their sons their twins jacob and esau they jostled together in the womb and many of you women who have carried babies that's not an unfamiliar concept to you whether it's one or two or more but with jacob and esau god told rebecca their mother there are two nations in your womb Value of life in the womb. Samson was going to be someone who would be filled with the Spirit and would be active uh, from the womb. Isaiah the same. Jeremiah, Paul the Apostle. 
all called from their mother's womb in their own words. John the Baptist, the same. Strong in spirit from his mother's womb on as God prepared him for the difficult task that he would one day have. Truth is, what is needed is valuing each life and holding it sacred. As the saying goes, love them both. Love the baby in the womb, but love the mother as well and everything that she is facing and has ahead of her. We are obligated as Christians to believe that both are sacred, both are valuable, and both may need our help. We value each life and hold it sacred. What is needed is the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is needed is connecting with Jesus, the life. We're talking about connecting with our culture without deleting the church. And so today we're talking about connecting with the life. John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And I just want you to know that I was planning on doing the sermons in that order and then last Sunday happened. (laughs) And so it was a shortened sermon, talked a little bit about truth, but the sermon that's going to be talking about Jesus as the truth is this next Sunday. So those of us who are a little bit OCD-ish, who are a little bit routine and structure-oriented, we're very uncomfortable with this. I just want you to know. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you preach a series on that, the first one is the way, the second one is the truth, the third one is the life, and that's not the way we're doing it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just as uncomfortable with it as you are, but they're all three true. And with today being Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, I certainly wanted to be preaching about connecting with the life today. The sanctity and the importance of life is something that we should value and should share. But also the sanctity and the importance of eternal life. As Eric was sharing with us around the table from Ephesians 2. That is something that we need to connect with as well. And connecting with that life is what I want to speak about this morning. You cannot separate the way and the truth and the life. As Jesus said in John 14. Grant mentioned John 14. As Jesus was comforting his disciples and said. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. And that great song mansions over the hilltop. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a mansion. In my father's house there are many mansions. Many rooms. And I'm going to get yours ready for you. Jesus said. And he could do that because he is the way and the truth, and the life. Again, several scriptures from the book of John there that carry this message such, in a, such a strong, strong way. Jesus in John 10 saying, I'm the way, I am the good shepherd. And the sheep know me, and they come to the Father through me. And in John 10 verse 10, he says, I've come that they may have life. And have it more abundantly, have it to the full. In John 3, several places, he talks about him being the life, including that great passage in John 3, 16, but also later on where he says, if you believe in me, then you can have life. You can have life. In John chapter 4, as he speaks with the Samaritan woman at the well, they talk about water and Jesus moves to talk about living water and the water that springs up out of your heart so that you're never thirst again. And leads to life. 
In John chapter 5, Jesus spoke about the resurrection. And he said, there's going to be one resurrection. One. One. Those of you who say there's going to be more than one resurrection, they're on a different place than Jesus. Because Jesus said very affirmatively in John chapter 5, there will be one resurrection of the good and the bad. The good will be raised to eternal life. The evil will be raised to judgment and condemnation. Jesus said, search the scriptures and you think you have life in them and they're the ones that tell, talk about me. To his disciples in John chapter 6, everyone was leaving him because of the difficulty of his message. And he looks around and he sees the big crowd all gone. All he sees are his 12 apostles and he says, so are you guys leaving me too? And Peter in one of those rare moments where he actually said the right thing, <laughs> Peter says, where would we go? You have the words that lead to eternal life. And we believe and are sure that you're the Holy One of God. Jesus is the life. We must connect with the life. To Martha, he told her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who lives and believes in me will never die. And the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And then towards the end of his book in John chapter 20, John gives his purpose. He says, Jesus did lots of great things that I could write about, but I've written the things that I have so that you might believe and that believing you might have life. That only comes through the one who is the way and the truth and the life. Again, you can't separate those. They're all unified as one in Jesus Christ. They are unalterably tied together. So a few things about connecting with the life. Number one, this life is sacred. This life is sacred. Again, as has been shared already today, this life is sacred. Let's value this life. Let's live this life. And let's value this life in all the whole spectrum. As is said, from the womb to the tomb... Uh, for those who are expecting, for those who are, have new births, for those who are uh, going along throughout their lives, who are raising their children, who have those teenagers, who, who are now trying to adjust to life with adult children. And I can tell you that's no piece of cake either. And then as we get on with our lives and we come towards uh, the autumn of those lives, li this life is sacred. This life is sacred. You want to know how sacred? Well, um, talk to Rob and Jessica Smith about Caleb Thomas, who I believe is here today. Is that right? I might, uh, yep, he's here. He's here. Or, or John and Savannah Stevens and all of their family about how precious Mela Rose is. And all the others that we've had that were born here recently. Our rite of passage that's going to happen tomorrow evening, which is not just for the youth families, but it's for everyone. So that these young people who are just now becoming teenagers will know that we believe that their life is sacred. That we get it, that it's going to be hard. And we want them to know that we're here for them. And that we're going to be here for them. And so for Cole Benson and his family and for Wes Thornton and his family, we, we want you to know that this church, this is your and the things that you're going through are important to us as well. Again, all aspects. I can tell you that our wonderful Francis McBee had a birthday 
yesterday. Now, I'm not going to tell you how old she is, but I will give you a hint. Her birthday yesterday reminded me of a great Dolly Parton movie and song from a while back. Those are the two numbers. You'll have to figure out which order they come in. Happy birthday, Frances. What a treasure she is. This life is sacred. This life. And we value it from the womb to the tomb. Number two, eternal life is sacred. Eternal life is sacred. That's why watching these ministry highlights is so amazing. Because it's all geared towards helping us in our interactions serve others and serve each other so that we can appreciate that eternal life and be found faithful at the end. That's why we're so overjoyed with Lainey and her family, with Montana and her family, that they have made that step and that decision to follow Christ. That is really what it is all about. Why? Because eternal life is sacred. This life is sacred. Eternal life is sacred. And then number three, the two are connected. This life and eternal life are connected. And they are connected by the maker and provider of both. The one who made us and created us. The one who provides a way for us to be saved and allows us to be able to live with him for eternity is the same maker. Our creator God is also our savior Jesus Christ and our The presence of Christ continues through His Holy Spirit. This life and eternal life are sacred and they are connected by the maker and the provider of both. And there are several scriptures under that one as well. And they talk about heaven. We've sung these wonderful songs, thank you Rusty, about heaven today. But as we consider these great passages of Scripture, such as 1 Corinthians 15, which talks about the resurrection and has 57 verses so he can say what he says in verse 58, which is this. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Why does the scripture talk about our eternal home? Because scripture wants us to live today like we expect to go there. Through the grace and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That hope of heaven are reminders that we receive so that we can live today as if we're going there. And that's what Scripture calls us in all of those passages. 2 Corinthians 5 reminds us of that that, uh, transition that will occur. But then it says this reminder is so that we will remember that we will stand before the Lord in judgment. For the things that are done while on this earth. So while on this earth, let's live with faith. Galatians 6, the same. 2 Peter 3 talks about those who don't believe that Jesus is coming back. But Peter says, but we know that the day of the Lord will come. And then he says, because of that, what kind of people ought you to be? That's the question. Sing to me of heaven tenderly and low. Till the shadows o'er me rise and swiftly go. When my heart is weary, when the day is long, sing to me of heaven, sing that old sweet song. Why? Because we need the encouragement to be faithful, to hang in there through the tough days, 
and the tough times. We need each other. And that's why we do all these wonderful things and so many more. And that's why we meet together and we remind each other. Jesus is preparing our mansion. We're marching to Zion. Today is the day then. Today is the day to do three things. All related. To value life. To celebrate life. And to live life. Connect with the life. Connect with the one who is really, truly life. And then live. Live life today. Like that eternal home is secure because I can tell you it is. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let's live today like that's our hope. If we can help you do that, come as we stand and sing our song together.